Chapter One. Matthias Matterhorn, legendary film actor, renowned drunk, and on his eighth marriage, the current Mrs. Matterhorn was a twenty-year-old blonde former stripper named Liberty, was refusing to come out of his trailer until the light green dinner plates were replaced with brown ones. Day one on set, and Matthias Matterhorn is already displaying why he was voted most difficult film star by insisting that green plates are cheap looking. I murmured into the brand new handheld recorder supplied by the producers. The director, Cyril Nash, had appeared on set for all of five seconds before shouting at a bunch of people and then disappearing again. Cyril's shouting was akin to whacking an ant nest with a shovel. It produced a lot of nervous scurrying, but not much in the way of results. As far as I can tell, the set designers are searching for brown plates for the heart attack scene. I recorded. My official job title was scribe, and I wasn't entirely sure who my actual boss was. I had interviewed with a marketing person who'd called me out of the blue after reading my pretty much now dead online newspaper, The Harlot Bay Reader, and been passed on to a low-level producer when I got the job. And now I was on set with conflicting instructions to. Observe, record, and report, and weave a tale of the story being told. The movie title was a secret, so thus far I was working on untitled witch movie. Exciting, huh? The set designer, a harried woman named, funnily enough, Harriet, rushed to the set with her arms full of brown plates, closely followed by her assistants. They switched out the green plates sitting on the table and in the drying rack. Once that was done. One of Cyro's assistants, there were a few. I think this one was named Hero. Went off to find Cyro. Another went off to talk Matthias down, and soon the legendary star who'd won practically every award under the sun was stalking the set, scowling at it. He was in his early sixties, carrying a bit of weight, but he still had the piercing eyes and gravitas that made him famous. For this film, he was whiskery, playing the kindly elder who reveals to the main character Ivy Spark, played by Bella Bing, real name Susan Smith, but more on that later, that she's actually a witch before he dies of a heart attack. He was in this and one other scene where he came back as a ghost, and for that he was collecting two million bucks. Life, as most people know, is not fair. Everyone waited, making themselves look busy. Matthias hated people staring at him until he finally sat down at the table. Let's get going, he called out to no one in particular. Another flurry of activity as people checked light levels and the camera people did their thing. One of the makeup artists, a thin man named Wilbur, gave Matthias a quick touch-up. Soon all the commotion subsided and we waited just long enough for Matthias to start tapping his foot in frustration. Then Cyro appeared, a long streak of a man with wild black hair, and waved his people in. I'd looked at the list of names the producers had given me, but I still didn't have a good grasp on who was who. There seemed to be at least fifty people on set, and most of them appeared to be mostly watching. I'd arrived on set at seven in the morning, bright and fresh, and now it was nearly lunch, and I was quickly learning that movie sets could even make a snail frustrated with how slow they were. I glanced around set, slowly feeling my butt go numb. I was being paid a cool two hundred dollars a day for the next three weeks at least, and for that kind of money, I'd put up with boredom.
We were filming inside a warehouse where they'd built a kitchen for the big heart attack scene, and over at the back of the set, one of the big producers, Tobin Hemming, was gliding around like a shark. I hadn't spoken with him at all, and both times I'd seen him, he'd seemed to walk with sinuous ease, constantly moving, the expressions on his face comically exaggerated. Right now, he was stepping from foot to foot as some low-level assistant with a clipboard and a stopwatch around her neck tried to explain something. She was obviously terrified of him, and his face kept going up and down. First he smiled, looking happier than anyone who'd ever lived. Then he frowned, a grim judgment that quickly flickered away as he moved to puzzled, back to happy, around to angry, and then he was waving the assistant away, having used up the 30 seconds he had to talk. He glided off and vanished from sight. Back in the kitchen, it looked like something might be about to happen, but then one of the light guys yelled out, and off went people scurrying again.